0: Rubbing
1: elbows, getting closer to the stars, rubbing elbows, you don't have to listen from afar,
2: close as a whisper, as clear as day,
1: rubbing elbows, rubbing elbows, rubbing elbows. Steps down my hallway, walking through my dreams. Who gave you permission to keep on haunting me, stealing my tomorrows, lost in?
3: Are you ready to get some exclusive behind-the-scenes stories about some of music's biggest-named songwriters and artists? Well, we have good news for you. You are there. That's right, you are there. Rubbing Elbows is your VIP ticket to this experience. Our host, Don Ellis Gatlin, has rubbed elbows with some of the biggest-named artists on the planet. He knows things about these artists that they may not even know about themselves. Or remember, all you have to do is sit back, Relax and get ready to enjoy the conversation and music as you are our guest on the proverbial green room of podcasts, Rubbin' Elbows. And now, Don, the show is yours. Hello, everyone
2: out there in listening land. This is Don Gatlin with Rubbin' Elbows and my awesome co-host, Raymond Hayden. And we have an amazing first guest. It's our very first show where we said we got to go the super guest for first guest. One of the most talented people that I know. Uh, Amazing singer, songwriter, entertainer. Can do anything musically that you want him to do. Amazing show. And he's with us. His name is James House. James, so glad you're our very first
4: guest. Great to be here. Thank you.
2: Uh, And we're, as I said, we're doing this from Nashville, uh, Tennessee. You and I are. But uh, how did you get to Nashville, Tennessee? That wasn't your first stop, was it?
4: No, it was, I was, you know, a little bit of my story, my backstory when I, uh, uh, in high school, I, I really want, I knew I wanted to do this. So I practiced hours and hours every night and, and wanted to come out of high school with a big repertoire. So I, by that point, I knew about 200 songs when I graduated. Wow. And I started college at the same time, got out and started, enrolled in college. But then I started playing around the area in all these coffee houses and I got booked Pretty solid. I was working seven nights a week all of a sudden. And, um, within a year, I quit college, uh, cause it was just so much work and great. And I was having the best time and was doing what I loved. I, and within I was 18, by the time I was 21, I got signed to Warner Curb. And, uh, it was about 22 when I got signed and, uh, with a band, I put a band together and we, we called ourselves prisoner because Warner was the hot band at the time. Nice. And from there we moved, we went back and forth to Los Angeles and just kept writing songs and, Recording tracks with, uh, with Warner Curbs. Phil Bernhardt was the producer and, uh, nice. yeah. And it was, and so out of that, you know, the band broke up about two years into this deal, which bands do, uh, cause it just becomes, you know, it's so tough to hold bands together and making records kind of slowed everything down. We were working like crazy, but to, to switch gears to go into writing. It's always tough. And I tell our acts that I work with who've been working constantly and stuff. And now you got to write and really concentrate on making you know, making uh, a great record, which takes its own time and takes concentration. So um, it just got to us. Anyway, at that point, um, I, I, the band broke up. I left and I was within a year. I got another deal with Atlantic records. Wow. <laughs> and um, that was what Doug Morris signed me. Uh, I was managed by Gary Borman at that point. Gary Borman manages still, I think, Faith and, uh, and Keith Urban right now. He's still, he's still in the business. He was a great manager. Um, and so it was a great experience for me down there. I spent about three years working on the Atlantic record. I made the album. Um, it just was, uh, it, I, I got dropped, um, after I made the first record. Uh, it just wasn't really, uh, it was a little too soon for me, quite frankly. Um, I wasn't ready for the experience as much as I was, I thought I was ready. And this was pop rock, but this wasn't a country. It was, it was a rock, record. it was a rock record. At that point, I, um, I said, what am I going to do? I so I had a publishing deal. Thank goodness it kept me alive, and it paid me a stipend every month. And so I, I did a lot of soundtracks, which, oddly enough, I did soundtracks and was writing songs for people. So I did about 20 movie soundtracks. Wow. Every bad Charlie Sheen movie in the 80s. That's I awesome. I oh, And, you know, like Teen Wolf, I'm singing in that, and all these <laughs> little films. I sang, sometimes I wrote them, sometimes I just sang the song. So it was great session work. I worked on a movie called Ishtar. Oh, that's a classic. Uh, so, so it was, I mean, that's one of the most uh, famous really
2: great new, uh, movies of all time, Dustin Hoffman
4: and uh, yeah. a Warren Beatty. I was actually, you know, for a minute, they were, they were trying to do a real record after the movie record. Wow. Which, if anybody yeah. knows that movie, it's about two very bad songwriters, but the songs were written by Paul Williams, one of the best songwriters of all time. <laughs> so the idea was to do a real album of real songs afterwards. Anyway, i worked on that part of the record and, and um, and they called me at one point to help Dustin Hoffman sing one of these tracks. So I'm I'm out there coaching Dustin Hoffman, you know, to sing oh, And the song was "Hello And He kept singing. Wow. He sing t- you know the brilliant actor, but couldn't sing it worth anything. No. And he uh, was, was a great guy. And he was funny. And, and at one point, I look behind me. And he he waves. He goes, "Oh, how are you guys?" I look behind me, and it's Sean Penn and Madonna. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, no pressure here." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to make a long story short, it didn't quite work with him singing. So what they did is they had me sing the song, and they used something called technology back then It was called a keypex. and it took his vocal with my timing and put him in the pocket. So that was one of the experiences. But um, it was Millie Vanilli before Millie Vanilli. It was way before, <laughs> um but it was a great. All those experiences were great. I mean, I, I can't I can go on about the sessions I did, but all those tracks are now on a record coming out on Saturday. Called James House, the LA years, and it's my it's my Atlantic album and all the soundtracks because some of the sound one of the tracks called "I'm in It for Love." It was I, we could not find it; It was never released as a soundtrack. And it, the, the track was basically me with the Toto guys playing because wow, they were all the se- awesome. they were all the session guys back then. Yeah, you know, Picaro and and Luthor and stuff. So they're all on this, most of them are on this record, and it's just one of my favorite songs. It's uh, actually Donnie Osmond kind version of it too. But it, it, for over the years, I can tell you how many times I got emails and letters over the years going, can we get a full version of this? Cause they would just take the movie one, you know, a minute 25 from the movie and keep editing it over and over. It had no bridge, and what have you. So I looked for it for years and years. And I mean, 20 years, I would, every once in a while, I'd go, all right, let's try and find this again just turned out this last year uh this guy approached me about two years ago approached me about doing this album and he does he, he does takes 80s records and he and he repackages them puts them out um at that time Paramount who did the movie had put together a um, uh a, a archives division so I got a hold of this guy and he went and I said we're going to put it out as a single we love this song so they went and found it and came back to us and said no, we really like this. We're going to put it out. So like, an <laughs> anyway, found this thing after all these years, and finally they were going to put it out. But they gave us hard copy, um, right? So it's on the it's on the CD that's coming out. Um, can you get this it's on Spotify? Program, it's just, can you get it like uh-huh? on
2: Spotify and stuff like that? Can you get it on? Yeah, it'll be out on
4: there. Uh, the single, all the songs will be out on Spotify this weekend, except for that track. And it's coming out on, on the, uh, Paramount release of the soundtrack. The movie's called Fire with Fire. And I can't tell you, it's been like a cult following on this. It's one of those, you know, 80 movies where, you know, it's, it's, it's a reform school. Yeah. That's uh, close. The guys and girls are all in the same reform school. Wow. <laughs> and there's a dance. Is Diane so Lane in this movie? So the bad boy <laughs> from the, reform school meets the bad girl from the girls part of the reform
0: school. Oh
4: and man. Fire Sparks Fly, and I've got that you know, every eighties movie had that song in the middle where they slow dance and look at each other's eyes longingly. And so that's what this song. Oh my god. And it's really it's really a really great song, I thought. Um so and they all have that big eighties gated snare that uh, oh, yeah, Phil Collins, Phil Collins had, you know, sure oh, songs. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it have the Simmons drums
3: these two? The Simmons,
0: Simmons drums. And
3: Caro, you know, had this oh. great, Hey, and I got I got to stop us for the just for a real quick second because James, I'm sitting here listening to this, and it's amazing how small the world is because I've interviewed Steve Lukather a right. few times, and um, you know, the fact that you've worked with those guys and and hearing about Ishtar and all this, you know, it's this is why we do this podcast because people they they may know you for the things you've done with Martina McBride and and with uh, Joe Bonamassa this and that, but this other stuff is super is. exciting the behind the scenes what what these guys like yourself what you have to do to make yeah. a living, right? I got a real quick question yeah. for you, and maybe, you're, maybe you don't want to say anything about this, but um, I know talking to Lukather, when he was talking about Toto doing the soundtrack to Dune, um, they he had some interesting takes on, on, on things he's done in the past. Is there anything that you've done in the past, back in the 80s, that you kind of don't want people to know <laughs> um, about? Well,
4: oh, you mean uh, outside <laughs> of the
0: studio?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I can do is I thank God there was no social media back then. <laughs> oh God, no, it right cool. was just yeah. You know, we were you know your kids, and it was a bit crazy. But um, you know some of those crazy sessions I did. Speaking of sessions, I, I, I got hired for these. I got hired to sing two Julio Iglesias albums in English, and that's what he would listen to to do his albums and because you know, he couldn't speak good english so they'd hire me to go in it was crazy i'd go in and sing the whole album in an hour and uh-huh. then he, he would he would use my vocal to to use his to sing the english version so those are fun yeah. uh yeah the rock and roll stories yeah we'll just cut that's for the book and there is a book oh of course there. there's always um, a book you know those guys lived another great you know look the the, the uh they had a place, what was that place called? The cave or something anyway. That, you know the Toto guys were they were the top tier musicians. And and uh I, I got to know Picaro a little bit. I worked with him more and I worked with him two or three times over the years. And just an amazingly sweet human being and Jesus, the best drummer on the planet,
0: yeah. you know. He,
3: yeah. Oh yeah. I and, I Simon Phillips had his hands full when he had to play his yeah, parts for yeah. sure.
4: So it's um I, I just and you know I worked with guys like um uh oh uh Gotta I'll draw a blank real quick here. Um, that's just the way it is. Some no, things will never change. Bruce yeah, Horns. Yeah, Hornsby, Hornsby. Hornsby played piano on my demos that got my deal with it. And he quietly went away and made that record. He, and all of a sudden he comes in, comes in the studio, and goes, Man, I, I got the single coming out on AM. You wanna hear it? Yeah. We're like, oh dude. Right. You did like, uh, you know, you just made a you know massive, massive hit. And he was just the sweetest guy. So I was lucky to be around those guys, but what happened is I did all that after those two record deals and was doing the soundtracks. Um, I grew up on country and I'd never written a country song, so I was watching the CMA Awards in 1987, and um, that night after the after the uh, the awards show, I, I I thought well I had this idea. A friend of mine had a title, and he said you should try this you know this song I did. We were looked at. It. It's called Our Times for an Honest Man. So that night, I wrote it from midnight till six in the morning. And um, and I thought, wow, this was, uh, it was cathartic for me. It was about my dad, or, you know, always wanted me to sing country. And I was like, no, nah, you know, you never want to do what your dad does. So to make, a you know, I kept doing that. And um, I cut, um, I went and wrote. after that, it was so felt fun. I did about 10 other country songs and I recorded them. And uh, my publisher unbeknownst to me sent it out to tony brown in nashville and tony brown was like i want to meet this guy so i flew out my friends uh josh leo and and uh, wendy waldman had moved out to nashville it was 87 or late 87 at that point and they said you've got to come out and this place is just incredible you got guys like steve Burrell and dwight Yoakum and Randy travis all this great combination of a progressive country and traditional my country. favorite time
2: James that was my it, favorite just, time. it
4: was just meshing in this beautiful time it was all about the songs and it was just an exciting time and yeah I flew out and then I, I spent four days in Nashville in late 87 went I've got to do this I, I packed up everything I went back and packed up and moved out here January 8th 1988 so that's that's my my journey to get out here. I had a deal, and I got a deal with MCA uh, with Tony Brown was running it. And I got to
2: jump in, James, and say for everybody listening, that's one of the greatest country songs of all time. The performance of the song you singing it, I, I was such an unbelievable huge fan of you after that. And that song, that that's one of the songs that everybody, in the industry, when it came out, was just like it, it stopped people in their tracks. Like, who is singing this? And this is an incredible song. Uh, I remember even um, Tim Dubois, I think it was, um, used that song as an example of a song that should have been number one. Like, like, like sometimes the best song in the business doesn't go number one, and that's a classic example of a song that should have been number one. It, it, it was, it was huge. I went out and bought your record like the next day after I heard that song. Like, I stopped my car. I went to like the old Cats record store. Remember like the old Cats record store? Oh yeah. yeah and absolutely. I went in there and bought that cassette. Cassette I bought. Huh. You, remember, you remember the in-between stage between uh, oh, yeah. vinyl and CD was the, yeah. cassettes were the biggest thing at, yeah. in the late 80s. And I've got your cassette there. And I was like, man, I hope I get to work with this guy someday. Cause he's, this
4: is, this is awesome.
2: The whole album was well, great. That, 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 was, that amazing was a great song.
4: time here. That yeah. was just an awesome, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the session and, and I don't really know a lot about Nashville and what was going on here. I, although I was in every night, I was out every day just walking around this town going, this is unbelievable here. So Tony goes, I've got this guy coming in to sing harmonies with you. And I'm going, Oh, cool. He goes, you'll love his voice. He comes in. It was Vince, Gil. And, uh, you know, at about 10 minutes into the session, I'm going, why is this guy singing on my record? He's the best I've ever heard. You know? <laughs> he's <laughs> the best in the world. <laughs> and he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, there were moments like that. I was just astounded, and it got David Page played on that record, and uh, just you know, ooh, I love David,
3: love David Page again, yeah. Toto, yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, James. Um, for the for those uh, maybe some of the uh, maybe the younger artists out there who are listening to this and getting to hear these behind the scenes stories, which by the way are really cool. Um, what? Is, so you, you you've been signed. What is take yourself back? What is a moment? Of perception versus reality in getting signed to a record label. Getting signed to a record that's label. It, you
4: know, I, I always say this: the magic words when you're in a label deal is "Who's your lawyer?" Oh, that's, that's, you hear <laughs> you that? You're, you're 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 happening. Um, the perception is you've got a lot of work. It's just an opportunity. It's not the end all. It's not. I've had four major label deals. I've been on Warner Brothers, Atlantic, uh, MCA, and Epic Records. And out of all of that, I really had one top five. I had a couple of 18s and, uh, and a couple of 40s. Thank goodness I'd, I'd let some, some songs got went to number one that I, that I didn't record and I wrote and it, it's become my life as a songwriter. But I think it's just an opportunity is all it is. And you, you really need to make the most of it. And the other thing is slow down. When they say let's slow down, I mean, take it to heart because that release, once it's out, it's out. Right. Um, I, You know, I wanted to get up and go and I was gone and I was like gung-ho. Um, I, You know, in hindsight, it's like really take your time because you can make one song that will last you a lifetime. As Keith Richards always say, you, "You, he wrote those riffs to last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's my thinking now whenever I work with a new artist. We're, we're not going to do anything unless it has the potential to last you a lifetime. Even if it's not a big smash hit. If it's, you know, it just needs to have that thinking and, and it'll find its way if it's written with that kind of thought in mind.
2: Now, there's a little country music legend uh, that, that you can confirm is true or not. Um, did you record um, Take a Little Piece of My Heart? Uh, uh-huh. And you recorded and you you took it, that song, the classic Janis Joplin song. Am I right about this? And you recorded country and Faith heard
4: your verse. Is this, is this a true story or is this uh, like a legend? <laughs> well, here's the story. Um, Cassie Burns is, was the artist. Her dad, Bert Burns, wrote that song. He wrote Little Piece of My Heart. And Cassie had moved to town and, um, his daughter, Bert had passed away young. He was 38 when he passed away. He, like, he wrote, uh, uh, Peace of My Heart. He pretty, he wrote, and uh, produced Brown Eyed Girl. Wow. He had this amazing, mediocre, wow. huge career real quickly. But he passed young. He had a heart condition. Anyway, Cassie was here and she said, hey, James, would you come up with an arrangement for Peace of My Heart? So we were over at County Q and so I just picked up the guitar and just came up with a quick arrangement, knocked it out with the guys there. Um As it was going around town to be shopped, uh, you know, the Warner Brothers heard it and said, well, we, we'd we love this for faith. So, you know, go Cassie and Cassie, yeah, what are you going to say, you know? And so, um, uh, Scott Hendricks heard it and, and Faith and it ended up, she had never heard it before, Faith by the way. She'd that's never what I
2: love it. about that, like it's like uh, <laughs> I, I, I know this song from James House, I, who's, I know no Janis Joppa did that song <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, so that's how that happened so the demo from Cassie got heard by Faith and, and Scott Hendricks and it became her first number one Yeah, That's so, really cool Wow, That's a it's great awesome. story It's wow. a true
2: story, I, James had, just confirmed it It's true
3: how do you not? How do you not know that song? I mean, that, that that always boggles me sometimes with people. But I mean, it's you know that's why that's why I'm the co-host because I spent all my years growing up with progressive rock and rock, and so in the last ten years, marrying a country <laughs> artist,
4: you know, all of a sudden you start hearing, you, you get playing catch up,
3: and here's
0: a
4: great speaking sure. of country music and not quite knowing it all. So uh, it was the last Tammy Wynette and George Jones. Uh, show it was up there. They did a tour, one last tour. Oh God, when was it? Nineties, somewhere in the nineties. And they're, the last show was at a, Opryland, and I'm backstage, and I get invited on for the encores. It's me and Trisha Yearwood, Johnny Russell, Uh to sing wow. "Will the Circle." And, so, and it's packed backstage. I mean, Willie's back backstage, everybody's back. the whole place is <laughs> packed. So they, I get invited out, you know. So I'm up there, they're doing it. And I just know the chorus. I don't know the verses, you know. So George is across the way, kind of looking at me, and I'm thinking. I look away, like, I don't know the verses. I'll sing choruses, you know, I'll just kind of play cool. And, uh, Trisha takes the verse and I mean, a whole, you know, around. she sings it. George looks back at me again. I act like I don't see him. Johnny Russell takes the thing, you know. So it, it was this pack that's going to finally George is about this close away. He goes, your turn, son. And so I, I just kind of pulled my best Bruce Springsteen I was
0: like, you don't know. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus God,
4: you got you just get handed this beautiful thing and you don't know the words. I didn't go to church. Anyway, um that day. That, uh, anyway, back after the show, George goes, Man, I, I, I never heard
0: that verse before. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, and tammy to be the sweetest thing in the world she goes i loved every moment of it you know? oh my
2: gosh speaking of legends you have association with the legendary beach boys you got to work with those guys too
4: yeah yeah that was uh they came to town to do a duet record and they had already recorded their their part of the track so they were trying different singers uh willie was on there once again and so I forget the other singers. Anyway, I ended up doing Little do Scoop and, and I got the single off the record and the tour. Um, it, it was i it was like Evelyn Shriver, my manager. was. Anyway, it all worked out. In fact, it's, it, that's when I was on Letterman was with them. Um, some amazing, nice. just some amazing moments then. Um, Brian came in for four shows and, and he also did a radio interview with them and that's the first time they'd, some of them, seen him in like years and years. And so Brian walked in and and uh, they said they were going to do a live version of, I think, in my room. So just just me and the Beach Boys in this tiny little space uh, about the size of a bathroom, you know, uh, radio station. And uh, they're warming up. So they hear this five-part harmony singing. It was like a <speaking>
1: in my room my
4: nature, you know. Um So those moments were like that. And he did some other shows, but he actually did the Letterman show. They they backed me up. I got to do Little Do Scoop with the Beach Boys. Wow! What? I don't know. You know, I, I got to say the Beach
3: Boys. The Beach Boys are they're they're not. I mean, I love them. My favorite band is like a, I'm a Pink Floyd yeah, yeah. guy, but but my favorite song ever. No, I mean, forget genres. Is uh, me God too, and too, Raymond? Uh, yeah, and, and Raymond. Me I, too. It's. I mean, wow. Did yeah. You too.
0: Well, oh, well, We Look
3: did
4: at that together. together. I like my that.
1: Dad. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it.
0: God
3: only knows what i do without you. We, got, we need to work together. It's a masterpiece. Um, I gotta, so, J- so, James, yeah. uh, and I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, hey, you know, is that your favorite song, too? Oh, side
4: note. It yeah, is? It, okay. Side note. I just want a little quick story. Oh, Every time Carl sang that, I got to sing on his mic. You know, I, I, would, I was right off stage, and I'd go on right after that song. And, it just, he just was the sweetest wow. human being on the planet. Yeah. And I sit there and listen to it night after night. So, yeah. Wow. You That had to be, that
3: had to be, I mean, whenever I hear that song, no matter who performs it, I, I just, um, I get, I get yeah, it. Perfect. 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 James, you hear about That's the turmoil
2: that, you know, the band, the Beach Boys had, all, all, you know, long, it's hard, as you know, being in a group to stick together and play as long as those guys did. Um, is there a little, uh, inside story with it, with the guys, like a little quiet moment, like that the, they were like brotherly, like you see the bond that that's the, that brotherly thing, you know?
4: Yeah. Well, so after we finished the Letterman show, we had a show booked up in Connecticut. So we, we, we finished Letterman and they, we, they whisked us over. I'm with me and the Beach Boys with Brian to a helicopter waiting there in New York. And it's just me and the Beach Boys in a, in a helicopter flying over to Connecticut to do the show. And, you know, we were, you know, they're not, it wasn't huge. It was like we were bunched up, you know, and facing each other knee to knee, <laughs> side to side. I got Brian across from me, Carl, you know, Al Zardine's right here. Mike's right here. We're all like, Al Zardine has a sandwich. Nobody had eaten. So he breaks up the sandwich and slowly tears off a little piece for all the guys, every one of us. And it was like I saw these kids from from you know, wherever they were, California town. All of a sudden I could just see it in their eyes. These kids who grew up together, just yeah. for that fleeting moment. You know, as soon as you get off the helicopter, it's like, man. Eh. Anyway. Back to fighting. <laughs> Back. Wow. But they, you know, look. It's, it was an amazing experience, and uh, I'm forever, ever grateful for it.
2: Well, to be around someone like Brian Wilson, even for a short period, like, like you're a great songwriter, but is there something crazy, mystical going on with Brian Wilson being around that? Is it something he just has an aura about him that's just unique?
4: He's like he's on another wavelength. You know, he's on this. I remember he'd sit off stage for the shows, and Carl, I was, sitting, I was standing right next to Brian. and and I were going, I was, anyway, I was off stage. Waiting to go on for my bit. And, uh, he was just sitting in a chair, kind of all humble. And Carl comes over and goes, everybody's really excited to see you tonight, Brian. Everybody's really excited. And, you know, Brian was a little shy and stuff. But as soon as he stepped on stage, the moment was like, how's everybody tonight? And I like to do a little song I wrote in my room. Yeah, a little bang, song. Yeah. You know, it just kind of kicked in real, just perfectly. But, um, yeah, just to see that, that magic. He just was, and he still is. He's just on another like wavelength. Uh, and he, I like to say about Brian Wilson and all the great artists. I think is their windows are nailed wide open, and his are definitely nailed wide open.
2: Yeah, so that's amazing. The uh, well, like I said uh, a few seconds ago, you're you're a very just a super great songwriter, and they, you're one of those people can, you know, obviously write songs for other people and 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 make it uh, be a part of their career. Um, what I always wondered though with some someone who sings as great as you do, do you sometimes? I have to tone it down, like, uh, especially in the studio. I mean, I, I think I, I remember one time being in a studio with you where it's like that, that came up in conversations like, Hey, that's an amazing note you're hitting, James. George Strait can't do that note. <laughs> you know, like, what, what I mean, you, are you conscious of that? Or you just say, heck with it. This is the way the song I hear it and I got to do it the way I hear
4: it. No, I, I, um, I think at one point I probably did, but now I really kind of, if, I'm just trying to make it a really good melody so and trying not to you know show off or anything Hit a high note just for hitting a high note sake it's part of the song yeah I mean I was just writing today and part of this little bridge I kept going up this high note the writer goes man it's really good but it's a little too Orbison and I thought yeah okay look for you that's Uh, a huge compliment (laughs) (laughs) well I go go, can you ever be too Orbison he goes well there's no singers but I'm grateful you know look some of the best singers in the world have eight notes and that's it. And they just know how to communicate and singing is about communication. It's not about the notes, you know, it really is about what you're saying and who you're saying it to and, and connecting with people. Um, what's I your mean, most some emotional
2: best- moment when, when, when someone record, someone outside of yourself, record yourself. What's, what's that? I know that you've had a lot of them, but like, which one did you kind of get a setback going? Is this really happening? you had you had that moment. i think
4: broken broken i mean ain't that lonely it was pretty good oh. Broke, broken wing I, I remember we wrote it on a friday um started at eight in the morning it was finished by five the whole song written and demoed over at sony tree we just did worked in the uh the the, the fire hall and just built the track in fact i did the choir i kind of fake choir myself you know <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, hey Mark, can
3: you can you capture that wave file of James? We're going to use that in the <laughs> promo. <laughs>
4: oh boy! Um, so uh, yeah, that and then I remember going on the road. First of all, Faith put it on hold, but then she d- decided for some reason pulled it off, and stopped Whoa. it, and then Martina Martina jumped on it, and and it was the rest. Of, I came back home and I listened to it. and I was on Music Row, and they handed me the CD. Anybody remember CDs? Yeah. But anyway, I get it. I I uh, got in the car and drove, and I just about drove off the road. She hits that note so long away with the production on that is Paul Worley it's
2: Yeah, just, but James you know uh, there's there's hit songs and then there's career impact like you know monsters yeah. and that's a monster That because uh, for people listening out there and, and inspiring singers and songwriters you get a hold of something like that uh, first of all you can't even do that song unless you can sing first of all that's one of the ones that separates the uh, men for the boys and the ladies from the girls you know that's that's been uh, for a lot of people might not know this. Like Carrie Underwood wins uh, um, star, uh, star Shirt. American, American, American Idol. Idol. That's the Star Shirt. American Who's Idol. So yeah, she wins. That that's the song that gets her her life, her music life, and that's the song that put her over the top. But that's that, that's a that's a whole other career, I mean, a huge career that you impacted with your song, and uh, that's always the go to for any contest. Any girl that thinks she, she, she thinks she has the voice for it—if she could pull that song off—that's you know—that's she's put herself in good shape to, to win. You know that's that's how big that song is.
4: You know, hey, and I always say this to any you know, and I've been guilty of it too. That song was just written out of pure emotion. It was not like okay, this is it. This is having melodies to go here. Was well, there's no big plan? just out of sheer emotion and um, and the subject matter as soon as it was done because I, we I was working on my next record and that's how it was written i wanted something really i could i could really sing but soon as it was done i went the girl sings if a woman sings this i'm just gonna blow it out of the fall because a guy sang it kind of uh, he's just telling the story but woman sings it, she becomes the advocate of the song right and you know martina was right in that spot where she was singing uh oh, your independence day and broken Wing fit right in with what she was doing yeah i mean it's 25 50 years old now but it feels like it was mid- I mean, I sing it all the time, so a lot of these songs feel like they're just still part of my, my life, you know, as I sing them at, at uh, songwriter shows and stuff. So, yeah, and that one's been played. Oh, we're going to close in on our five million airplay on that. That's <laughs> not too bad.
2: Fly.
3: That's, I think that's I think that's a, a characteristic of a great song, James. Is it's timeless. Yeah, yeah. It's, and you can't do it yeah. every
4: day. It's just one of those things that happens or it doesn't. You know, it's um, yeah. Uh, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I know it's it's. They, in fact, a friend of mine had a show he used to do the music for called uh, Star Search. I think it was the local show, and they actually they stopped they stopped him from singing it because every every contestant was singing Brooke. Well, it, well, that's like, like I said, that's <laughs> the you, you can pull that off. It
2: gives you a good chance to win that particular contest. And Carrie Underwood, that was a big moment in her life. She
4: picked the right she song. She sings a great. Right. I always hoped she would recut it because it's, she sings the, you know, yeah. she's right in there with Martina.
2: It's, and, and, and as she was a big fan of Martinez. You know, I remember that. That was a big, you know, the whole thing. And you mentioned Dwight Yoakum, that, that uh, big, big uh, number one song you wrote for Dwight. Um, that album is considered in this town, uh, pretty much a masterpiece too. That, that album was so ridiculously great. And you're part of one. I think one of the greatest country albums. In fact, it's on the, you know, greatest country albums of all time list. You know, they put out Rolling Stone put out, uh, uh, I do believe it's Rolling Stone. It's, it, it's way up high too. It's like, it, it's, it, uh, Raymond, did you ever get a chance to listen to that, uh, Dwight yoakam record?
3: Oh yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I was playing a lot of catch up. I mean, Jessica, I, 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 you, you know the yeah. names, but then you know, all of a sudden, I'm somewhere and someone goes, "Hey, you know, Jessica, this song you just did sounds like this and that, whatever." And so, yeah, so I got a, I got schooled on Dwight Yoakam and all the all the different, you know, not just the big yeah. country artists, but the artists that inspired that. But them that's Dwight Yoakam's I mean,
2: definitive, I uh, think, pretty much for all his fans. That's his definitive album, and uh, like every track on that production and singing songs. It was just ridiculous. And it, I think it won the album of the year, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Uh, I could be wrong. But it was definitely well, not mean, he, he He got the Grammy on Ain't Got oh, Lonely for male artists. I know that. Yeah, so we were up for Song of the Year on the Grammy. We lost to, uh I forget what song it was. I, <laughs> uh, uh, um, Broken Wing got nominated for Song of the Year. And and uh, Beth Nielsen Chapman won for this kiss with with, um, with Faith I, that I, year. I always say you know, I was doing a gig not too long ago with with Beth, and she sang this kiss, and she's talking. Well, this song put my kids through college, and I said, "Thanks, Beth, you're winning. I lost. You know, I lost. My, you know, broken wing put my kids through junior college, so. <laughs> community college."
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> no. that's a that's Dwight Yoakam record again, was one of my favorite records. And right. it was about the same time uh, you put out a, a amazing record again, but on Epic Record. You and I, for a brief period, were label mates. And, um, uh, uh, again, you came through again. I just remember going, darn it, James, this album is maybe, I love your MCA stuff. I'm going, well, he just talked it again. Cause there was some absolutely great, um, music on those albums you did, you know, for Epic, Sony Epic. Uh, you had the big, big hit, uh, Missing You. And you did, I, I love the video cause a lot of people remember this, but the video had a military and uh, really, I mean, people were bawling watching this video. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I, a lot of my time now, I spend a lot of time writing with vets now. Um, I just, you know, it's just one of my passions is writing songs with them. I'm, and so that song, yeah, that was, we, we did the video up at uh, Fort Camel. Nice. And, um, yeah, they, you know, it just kind of happened. The whole video theme was about, uh, 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 vets, you know, sending footage home back and forth. And I've still had that camera. They gave me that camera for the, <laughs> Well it's was state of the art at the time now, now we now we do everything on this you know so uh yeah and and like i said i I do spend a, I, I do at least a couple of times a month I go write with uh uh songwriting with soldier and write with vets because it's just fantastic. an amazing experience and so I just was just got back from doing that I just wanted to yeah that i mean i'm I'm a big fan of
3: yours now thanks to don, but even more so my i'm a I'm an army vet my sister, my sister was a lieutenant commander of the Navy, and my son was a Marine. So, God bless you for doing that, but
4: Thank you. I, you know this this program. If you know anybody, it's called uh, Warrior Path. Um, it's it was started by vets. It's um it's really for PTSD, and it really helps vets f- f- and first responders. We get a lot of police and firemen that come through too. Um, it, it's a it was started by a guy named Ken Falk uh, with Boulder Crest Retreats, and it really worked it's something new and you see the response it has with vets it's a week it's all paid for they pay for nothing obviously and uh and i just come in and me there's about five of us do it uh, five writers that come in and do we're a module only they don't know what they're going to get which is great you walk in and you know they've been there for five days at this point and and uh and then they walk into where i'm all set up with the music and stuff and i go we're going to write a song and they're like what and within two hours, you know, there's lots of hugs and stuff. That's fantastic. I love telling their they take all their words and, and give it back to them in music, and you know, it's a, it's an emotional deal, and I, um, my heart's my heart goes out to these men and women and their families that go, uh, go, you know, they. I just say they put their lives on the line for us, you
0: know. Yep. I know
4: they fight for their fellow vets and their fellow policemen and stuff, but it's it's for us too. So my dad was 100% disabled as a kid. My brother John. Uh, he did 20 years and retired for army. So that's, you know, I never served, but I'm, I'm forever grateful for their your service. You're, you're, you're,
3: you're, you're serving, serving now, now, now man. Say, yeah. You're serving now. Hey, make sure, hey, do me a favor, James. Please text me that the link to that. I will, I will definitely share the love with all my, my veteran brothers and sisters for sure. But
2: fantastic. The, um, I have a personal, uh, there's a song that James and I wrote together. Uh, uh, it was called, um, You're Wrong. I don't remember that one, James. I do. And it was really, it turned out great.
4: And of course, like I said earlier. We were trying to get a Merle Haggard hot cut. I think, what are you wrong? I yeah, yeah. Well, remember.
2: the thing is, again, I'm going back to what I said earlier. You sang the demo so great. <laughs> I'm like, well, we have a great song here, but it's like, who's going to sing it? Then we found out this uh, gentleman who had a record deal with Warner Brothers at the time. Uh, he uh, recorded it. I got that call, you know, that call we always love from the record labels. Raymond, right. it's a great day when you get that call. Hey, we want to put your song on hold for this so and so artist. I was at a gas station in Hendersonville, of yeah. Gas when I got the call. And I said, well, man, he's got a big job to fill, uh, singing as good as James did. But, uh, if you explain to our listeners, like the, like the process, cause you've had, you, you've had every stage, you've had the song, you know, on hold, uh, which might be, uh, people outside Nashville might not know what that means, uh, on hold to, you know, cut, and then released, and then the final process of coming in the stores,
4: you know. Right. Yeah, a hold is just, you know, you're letting them, you're not, uh, when you write a song, the first license is everything. Nobody can record it so you issue that first license. After that, anybody can record it as long as they pay the royalties on it. But that first license is is, is on a hit song is your is your you know ace in the hole to try and get to, get to the best artist you can. And it, you know, if they put it on hold, it means they're tying it up, so they know that. And it's a good sign. Um the, the thing you don't want to hear is it's gonna be the first single because it never is. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're on the
2: sticker, the old one back in the C D days, if you're on the sticker, that's a kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Featuring this song. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well you um you recently played uh, a really cool uh, venue here in Nashville, uh, the City Winery. Yeah, and uh, but, but the music is uh, another uh, evolution in your music. It's a uh, it's it's a, it's different, isn't
4: it? Well, yeah. I um back in 2014, I got um, asked if I wanted to write with this guy named Joe Bonamassa and another artist named uh, Beth Hart, and I said yeah. And I I remember his, his producer called and said we'd love you to write with him in November, but then it was August. I said i Oh, great. I'll see you in November. And he goes, no, a year from November. <laughs> okay. So uh that's, that's thinking ahead, but sure enough, you know, I kind of forgot about it. And then come about October, I'd seen Joe and I knew he was amazing. I, I saw his special on uh, PBS and I thought, and you know, when he was up there with Clapton and it was like, wow, you know, Clapton was like going, dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, a year later I get this call and just a couple of days beforehand, I'm thinking, oh, I need some kind of idea. So I had got the title came up different shades of blue and I had just a touch of the music and just, I didn't want to do too much, but just enough to, you know, uh, to have something when he came in the room. So he came in, we were on just book for one day. We wrote that song and then he had another idea. And so we wrote another one. We came out with two and he just said, do you want to write some more? And I said, yeah. So I ended up getting like eight songs on that album (laughs) and radio shows called different shades of blue. You know, I've always, I, you know, to me, there's only two kinds of music, good and bad. And, and I, you know, I, I grew up on everything and I'm a sponge for it. So yeah, the blues was a big part listening to it, why they did this, how the music you know, progressed from blues, got melded with country here in Memphis and around and became rock and roll. And so all of that, that history of, of how music and people got together over the years has always intrigued me. But yeah, I love, you know, it's like it's those chords, you know. What you anyway, yeah. um, that's
2: fantastic and uh, so is um is there a way to get this music that you i mean is the normal way Yeah, that's
4: on that it's called my record is uh i did a, i just put a name on it. it's called james house and the blues cowboys it's on itunes and you can find it out there so um yeah and uh, but joe bonamassa i've got like a 22 or 23 joe cuts so any of his stuff in his new album uh, uh, is really brilliant. It's called Time Clocks. And I've got four songs on Time Clocks. And he's, he's doing the whole album at the, at the, uh, at the Ryman here on August 2nd. So yeah, I'll be there. And, oh, fantastic.
2: Well, everyone needs to go. It's fun out. to go see your, I'll
4: tell you yeah. what's fun for writing to go hear your song. And like, I've, I've seen Joe sing one of my songs at the Radio City Music Hall. I've seen him sing it on, on video at the, in Australia at the big, uh, opera house and, uh, and And he's sung my songs at, at uh, Royal Albert Hall, so it's almost like you're there, so that's a huge thrill. It really still is so
2: well wow.
4: well that that's
3: got that's gotta be an amazing feeling Hey, hey guys, I hate to do this, but this is this is why Don made me the co-host He's like, Raymond, if you're gonna be the co-host you you're the guy who gets to give the bad news, but uh we're coming up, we're coming up against the wall, and so we're gonna have to uh I, you know what I'm yes, thinking sir. Don just let's just spitball we We've just touched the surface oh with my this gosh. Guy. I'm, think, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think we bring him back and 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 do do part do part do. That would be incredible. But, uh, but um, and and Don, if you have anything else, that's is great. But we probably no, should. That, that was uh, I was going to say. I was so,
2: really my last thing I was going to say uh, was that everyone needs to, to find this music. This is great new music. And don't forget about this '80s album. I've got to get this '80s album. Yes. With all these soundtracks. I got to get this record.
3: So I just James.
4: James, where are we going to send the people, brother? Where are we can? Where where can people go? Just to iTunes. find Everything else, iTunes. And um, yeah, if you put my name in there; those records all come up on my page. So. Yeah. The new album out Saturday, too. and uh, the blues awesome. album is out there. Of course, you know all the uh, all the country stuff is out there. This is me missing you, and yeah, and um, all the all that stuff. And you know, if you want Bonham awesome, you music, go to Joe. He's, he's phenomenal. But yeah, James House on iTunes or any of your you know good digital outlets. I'm I'm there.
0: Sounds great. Nice.
4: Hey, uh yes, sir. So Don. You can be kinda cool. This is our debut yep.
3: episode. So and, and James you're amazing. I, I'm just sitting here in awe. We 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 should what do you think about having him take us out with us? Oh, I love that. Let's see. How about this? It's up to you. Uh <laughs> ah, two, just time. <laughs>
2: I got a personal favorite. Can I throw a personal favorite out? I might put him on the spot. If I know it,
4: go ahead. Little by little? Still got that one in there? Oh, yeah. Almost goes unnoticed.
0: Yeah. Naked eye. The half moon finally turns full all the time. I've been making headway. It's five since you've been gone. Accepted the fact, i not coming back. I'm moving on. And little by little, I'm letting go. Slowly but surely, I'm holding my own. Yes, little by little I'll make it through Hey, I took the call I'll be over you yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love that song Beautiful Th- Thank you so much, wow. James, for being our first guest Great first guest, couldn't ask for a better one
3: Thanks for it's having so me, good. guys I appreciate yes. it Thank you
4: so much
3: Thank you for helping out my brothers and sister veterans. Yes, my Please send me it's that my link. honor.
4: I will, Rich. Awesome. We'll see you soon.
1: Thank you. Beautiful. I've been making headway in since you've been gone. I've accepted the fact you're not coming back, and I'm moving on.
0: a child,
1: living alone without you, shaking at times. You don't get where you're going in this life by leaps and bounds. It's a small victory just to be.